You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering the question of when does privacy become secrecy? Where is the line between privacy and secrecy? How can we navigate this and how can we probably become more comfortable with reasonable levels of privacy without experiencing privacy as secrecy? And I'm really talking to my anxiously attached listeners there because without giving too much away of what we're going to talk about today, I'm sure you can relate to feeling really uncomfortable with privacy and probably feeling like privacy is secrecy. So we're going to be talking about that, what the difference is between the two, how you can become more trusting of reasonable boundaries around privacy, and also some caveats to privacy versus secrecy when there has been a breach of trust. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before we dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. The first being just a reminder again that my signature course, Healing Anxious Attachment, is opening up for early bird enrollment in about 10 days for those on the wait list. So if you're interested, definitely join the wait list. That will ensure that you get notified when doors open and will also allow you to access the early bird price, which is exclusive to those on the wait list. So the link to that is in the show notes if you're interested. uh, And I definitely encourage you to check it out. The second quick announcement is just to share the featured review, which is I discovered the On Attachment podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been listening to it at every opportunity since. Stephanie's helped me understand why it feels like I spin out and why my self-esteem plummets at certain times in my life. And recognizing these triggers has already helped me to self-soothe and make choices to keep myself on track. The podcast has brought me close to my partner and also strangely to my parents. It's allowed my parents and I to understand our dynamic as a family and to communicate and support one another better. It's also helping my parents navigate their anxious avoidance cycle. I'm realizing that my anxious attachment style has ruled my life and my emotions in so many ways since I was a kid. And I'm so looking forward to joining the next Healing Anxious Attachment course this month. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. That is so, so lovely to hear that not only you're having those experiences of growth and transformation, but that it's rippling out to the relationships in your life and your family and your parents. That's really, really amazing and humbling. So thank you for sharing that. To put a big smile on my face. If that was your review, please send an email to podcast at stephanierig.com. And my team will set you up with free access to one of my masterclasses, which will be a nice supplement to the Healing Anxious Attachment course if you do end up joining this month. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's dive into this conversation about privacy and secrecy. So as a starting point, I think we need to distinguish between what privacy is and what secrecy is. And while the specific content of privacy versus secrecy is likely to be contextually specific, I think it's useful to define them by reference to the energy or the intention behind it. And in my mind, privacy is my partner doesn't need to know about this, but they could and it wouldn't be a problem. Whereas secrecy is I have to make sure they don't find out about this because if they did, it would be a problem. Okay. So 
secrecy has this quality of concealment. I have done something that is in breach of some boundary or agreement, which is you know overt or implied in our relationship. I've done something in breach of that. And I've got to go about making sure my partner doesn't find out because there would be adverse consequences for our relationship if they were to find out. Whereas privacy is just you know, I don't need to share every single thought, feeling, movement, everything I do in a day, everything I think and feel. I don't need to share that with my partner and I don't need them to share that with me. So that's the starting point, right? And it's really important to understand that privacy is a good thing, okay? Privacy is important. Uh, privacy is a feature or a byproduct of having healthy boundaries in a relationship. Where this gets really tricky is when we overlay attachment dynamics onto it which is often the case, right? We can have the, the base conversation and then we have the attachment overlay where it gets a little bit more complicated and charged. So on the anxious side, in my experience, privacy feels like secrecy because we have oftentimes a trust wound and we have this anxiety and we have this real struggle around uncertainty and so our anxiety will tell us that the antidote to uncertainty is information and gathering as much information as possible is going to alleviate the anxiety and that's how we're going to get to safety. Unfortunately, what that means is someone else's reasonable privacy feels threatening to us and that can lead us to be invasive and intrusive and do things like snoop or pry or you know, ask probing questions of someone. And if you're in a relationship with someone who leans more avoidant, they're likely to have a really protective response to that. Because if we walk around to the other side of the street and we look at how avoidant leaning people relate to privacy and secrecy, we know that for avoidant people, a sense of self and clear autonomy and independence and not feeling controlled, that's really important to them feeling safe in relationship. So they're likely to lean heavily on privacy as their right, as something that they're entitled to, and they're likely to be very protective of that. So to the extent that their partner, who might be more anxious leaning, starts to push the boundaries of that because they're feeling anxious and their partner's privacy feels threatening to them, they're going to double down on that privacy and really push them away, which is going to send alarm bells ringing for the anxious person going, oh no, they're really hiding something because they're not just opening the kimono, so to speak. So what do we do with that? I think that, you know, this is a, a much bigger conversation than I can get into in a short Q&A episode, but I think the essence of this one is if you are more anxious leaning and you notice that privacy is triggering for you, someone else having privacy, that's a good sign that you need to work on your own boundaries. Uh, because I suppose the flip side of this is you're likely to not protect your own privacy very much. And I think that a lot of anxious people tend to be like an extreme open book, tend to over-disclose, tend to you know, offer everything up very early in a relationship because there's this story that to tell someone everything is that's how we build connection, right? Um, that if I just kind of disclose everything and tell you all of my secrets or whatever, if I just share everything with you, uh, that's how I build connection with you. And so privacy is not something that you're likely to value so much for yourself, uh, which again reinforces the fact that someone else's valuing of their privacy is 
offensive, is threatening, is hurtful, is them pushing you away, is them not wanting to connect with you. Okay. But we really need to recognize here what of that is our stuff. Um, And I'd say in that circumstance, when it is just healthy levels of privacy, there's no reason to be suspicious of anything of concern. I think that's our responsibility to get curious about, to increase our tolerance for that. And, you know, that's really our work around uncertainty and the ways that we try to manage uncertainty through control. Okay. So if you're more anxious leaning and you are nodding in self-recognition here, that's your work, right? Is to do the work around what's my relationship to uncertainty and control and vulnerability. Because I think a lot of the time, uh, and this is an important point, we seek transparency, all the information as a substitute for trust, right? We tell ourselves that if we know everything, then we'll be able to decide whether or not to trust. And that really defeats the purpose of trust. It undermines the whole premise of trust, which involves an element of the unknown. It involves uncertainty. It involves vulnerability. So if the only reason you trust someone is because you are satisfied that you have gathered all the information that there is to know, and there's nothing to lead you to believe that you shouldn't trust them, that's actually kind of missing the point. That's not really trust. That's just control. And it's very flimsy because it commits you to having to keep gathering all of the information all the time in order to keep assessing whether or not you can trust. Okay. So that is your growth edge. If you're someone who does lean more anxious or otherwise, but you uh, know that you struggle with other people's privacy, um, that is really where your work is. Now, the caveat to all of this is where there has been a known breach of trust in a relationship, an obvious example being infidelity. In those circumstances, it may be reasonable to forego a level of privacy for a period of time while trust is rebuilt. So for example, if your partner was caught doing something on their phone, you know, sexting with someone or was still on dating apps or something like that, Um, and that was a breach of trust in your relationship, that was a breach of the boundaries of your relationship, then for a period of time after that, it may be reasonable for you to agree that they don't get privacy around their phone, right? That they have to sacrifice that and commit to a level of transparency, meaning actually volunteering information that would be more than regular levels of privacy would require, in order to rebuild trust. And the onus really needs to be on them, on the person who has betrayed trust to give up those privileges for a period of time in order to go above and beyond to rebuild the trust. So I think that that's an important qualifier to this conversation around, you know, privacy, trust, and secrecy is that, you know, the starting point should be privacy, but where you've been given a valid reason to not trust in the safety of privacy, uh, then that might be a conversation to be had and something to negotiate. And I really encourage you to probably seek out the support of, you know, a couples therapist or someone who can be a neutral third party to help you manage that because it can get really, really charged and highly emotional and can be really challenging to navigate on your own. So I hope that that's been helpful for you in answering this question of what's the difference between privacy and secrecy? Where's the line between them and what's reasonable, what's healthy, what's unhealthy? And if you recognize that in yourself, that healthy privacy 
feels unsafe for you, then that's a really good sign that there's some work to be done around the trust wound and your relationship to uncertainty and control. And that's very much fertile ground for self-exploration. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a quick review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify. It really does help so much. Otherwise, I will see you again next week. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.